Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of February 2012. For newcomers, as always, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, make use of it while you've got the time because who knows what's going to happen next with the whole internet system. And you'll find hundreds of audios for free download there where I try and show you a lot of leads to the big picture of the system you're born into, a system that was on the go, way above politics, uh, long before you were born, uh, or your parents for that matter. And I give you the names of books, etc., to check into, because these are the books written by the big boys themselves for the last hundred years, telling you where they're taking the world and why all the changes are happening now. And uh, it's only when you read them does anything make sense to you, because... It's truly a complex system, only because you've been indoctrinated into a special way of seeing things. Not the right way of seeing things, but the way that the sheep are meant to supposed to see things at the bottom. You're not supposed to cause trouble and be upset about things. Just go along and adapt, you see. And we truly are very adaptable. So the big boys know what they're doing. They're using lots of sciences. They have the, all the media on their side. And the media really keeps you in today. You know, what's happening today? That, that type of thing. But never the whys. Remember the whys of the big things that are happening across the world. That's their job. So, help yourself to that. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't have shares or interests or, or own any uh, company products or, that, that are sold. And so I get by, hopefully, on selling the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. So from the U.S. to Canada, if you want to order, go into the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and you'll find that you can use a personal check to Canada. You can use an international postal order to Canada. You can send cash and you can use PayPal. Across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And straight donations are awfully welcome. And as I say, I've gone through the history of this big system, bringing us up to, to where we are now and where they're going, because they published where they were going, as I say, even then, a 100 years ago, to bring up the perfect society, obedient, pretty dumb, and uh, that won't cause their, their masters much trouble at all, and to bring this system globally across the whole world. Uh, Carol Quigley, who was the, the, the historian, the official historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, which is just one branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, said this. He said, uh, he said um, this new feudal system will comprise, uh, a global feudal system, by the way, he said will comprise of uh, the new warlords will basically be the international CEOs of international corporations. And that's what we have today. And the other part of it, is, too, is the big foundations that fund all of this, the tax-free foundations. Some of these foundations uh, have their CEOs getting millions of dollars. They're classed as charities, by the way. And they, they really pay the army and direct the armies of uh, non-governmental organizations. All the big protest groups that you see out there uh, that protest for, for, for global agendas. So we really are living in a, in a manufactured system. 
We're supposed to be happy and just play ourselves and watch lots of television and leave the big problems up to the big boys at the top. You know, the people who come from special wombs and always have brand new shirts on every day, not just washed ones, rewashed, but brand new ones on every day. We see them on television all the time, these people, with their $10,000 suits. And most folk do. They do leave it up to them. They think that they've been taught to, be, to, to do that, in fact. Many of them are, are taught to be helpless themselves, and many of them are dependent upon the system. And that's why the massive welfare state came in. If they get everyone uh, basically uh, under wraps, even the farmers taking certain grants or tax-free things, you come under the auspices and the governance of the government itself, then you're not really a private business anymore. Your bigger partner is a government. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. Just talking about the, the big system we are born into and how they put so much out there to distract us all from what's really going on in the world or why is things are going on in the world. And there's so many TV stations out there, there's so, and, they're all, and, and there's so many mainstream articles on, on the internet now too. Eventually that's all you'll get to, uh, is mainstream once again. That was always their agenda. But... Uh, it's all meant to confuse you and so on. But it's very, very simple. Things are generally very, very simple. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's generally a duck. Same with plundering uh, the, the whole of uh, the Middle East right now. Same idea. It's war, especially a declaration of war on the Muslim countries. Because a long time ago, you see, the big boys at the CFR, Royal Institute of International Affairs, planned a united Europe and a united Americas. Uh, the Pacific Rim region, too, was to be united a hundred years ago. They planned this. In fact, even before that, Karl Marx mentioned it. And they also wanted to do the same with Africa. And eventually Africa, they hope they can merge into the whole uh, of the Eurozone eventually, this massive expanded one. Because they only want three at the end, of course. They love the number three. But um, in the meantime, they have many other ones, little blocks of countries. But they also want to unite all of the Arabian countries together as well, as one block for a while. But what they're doing at home, too, is is taking over all the... Th- you see, you can't do anything today without licensing or, 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 or documentation for something. You can't just survive and live. They, they make sure of that, you see. And it's the same with the, even the farmers, as I say. There's an article here, it's actually a video from Brass Check TV, which is not a bad uh, site, actually. You don't have to sign in or anything. But um, I'll put it up tonight. It's called EPA. Is it a tool for UN Agenda 21? And of course it is, and you'll see some, again, from mainstream clips where farmers talk about what the EPA is doing to them step by step by step, by literally forbidding them to use anything, any, any pesticides at all, uh, 600 meters or whatever from any water supply, until they can't use a lot of fields, etc. It's happening in Washington State and other, other areas too in the U.S. and across the world. And they tell you, well, you, well, you, yeah, you still have to pay taxes on that land, but you can't use it. Same in Australia, they're using the carbon sinks. They tell the farmers there, well, well, they declare this whole area carbon sink, so you can't use it. But then they demand taxes from you. This is how things go. They don't forbid you really to, to still have the land. They just make it impossible for you to use it. So I'll put that link up tonight. And then in Canada, it's quite interesting. 
how they try to get other laws through. The U.S. wouldn't have any problem. They just call everything terrorism. But uh, here in Canada, they have to play the game, as it's called, with the people, the, the game, politics and the people. So as it says a public safety minister for the feds here in Canada, Vic Toes, will argue that the new legislation, it's Bill C-30, I think they call it, to be introduced Tuesday afternoon will grant the government access to nothing more than the Internet equivalent of a telephone book. This is what he claims, which police need to help track criminals and terrorists, he says. He says, Mr. Toes takes a dim view of anyone who would question the need for that, that access. In the House of Commons Monday, he said people can either, he's the old Bush thing again. They love this little thing. You know, they take out the Bible, actually, then twist it like everything else they do. It says, can either stand with us or with the child pornographer. So they want everybody's access, access to everyone's, uh, what you're, you're, you're viewing, etc., to stop child pornography. Why do you think they allow the, they know who all these guys are. They've all got histories. They start very young and they get histories very young. And they follow up, they know who they all are. But they need these guys for this, this, this very purpose. Oh, we got to make sure that, that, that we get into everybody's sight because you, you could be a pornographer. Right? It's so lame, isn't it? Anyway, privacy commissioners in Ottawa, which are no use at all because they've got no rights to change anything, they just sit there and warn the public. You know? And the provinces will not like being called such vile names. They have warned that the Conservatives are violating privacy rights by demanding the authority to collect IP addresses, email addresses, mobile phone numbers, and other identifying information on anyone who interests them. That's everybody, without a warrant. Actually, they want um, even, even private numbers and so on. The government is unlikely ever to change the privacy commissioner's minds or to be swayed by their criticism. Politically, what matters is where the large C conservatives can make the cause for the bill with the small C conservatives. So the public are kind of out the picture. is always, it's like a court, you know. The new legislation commonly referred to as the lawful access bill. So this pass a law to give themselves the right to do it. Eh? It must be wonderful being up there and having all that power. Would not give the government the power to track your movements either online or through the phone, without a warrant. But it would require telecom companies to give up identifying information on clients if asked by the police. Well, the police can go in there with, you know, barrow loads of them or van you know, loads of them. Uh, Jennifer Stoddart, the Federal Privacy Commissioner, Nan Kuvakian, Ontario's Privacy Commissioner, maintain that the federal government hasn't demonstrated the need for these new powers. And Ms. Kevorkian is particularly vocal, calling the new bill surveillance by design. And, of course, that's what it is. So this is a, a kind of tame version of it. Uh, another one is uh, this article here from CBC, which is about as tame as well. It's a critics of a bill that would give law enforcement new powers to access Canadians' electronic communications are aligning themselves with child, child pornographers, says Canada's safety minister. He can either stand with us or with the child pornographers. So anybody who's against us is a standing with the child pornographers are telling you. And it says the action to uh, enact the Investigating and Preventing Criminal Ele- Electronic Communications Act <laughs> and to amend the Criminal Code and other acts appeared Monday on the parliamentary website that lists bills scheduled to be introduced. So basically they give themselves lawful access, but they also want back doors, uh, again, more back doors into everyone's computers. It mentions that here too. It says, require internet service providers to give subscriber data to police and national security agencies without a warrant. What would national security agencies want with a pornographer? 
including names, unlisted phone numbers and IP addresses, force internet providers and other makers of technology to provide a back door to make communications accessible to police. They already have that built in, actually. That was back in the 90s, mid-90s, they put that one through. Allow police to get warrants to obtain information transmitted over the internet and data related to its transmission, including locations of individuals and transactions. Allow courts to compel other parties to preserve electronic evidence. And it says, Toes, Justice Minister Rob Nicholson and Senator Jean Guy Dejeuner are scheduled to make an announcement at 12.30pm. I never heard what came out of that bill. Uh, and, um, and once they got it on the table, of course, they just put an amendments to it. That's what they, all these things are for. And it wants to track movements through cell phone signals and everything else, in both cases, without a warrant. So that's that won't be that won't cause a yawn in Canada for most folk, uh, just the ones who are aware of what's going on. But most folk they won't even yawn about it, you know. Now we know too that Germany was the first uh, politically correct country to go ahead and and just go ahead and say, oh, we're closing down all nuclear reactors because of what happened at Fukushima. And there's uh, an article here. And it says, freeze forces Germany to restart nuclear reactors. But it comes to freezing to death, you know, you've got to do something, isn't it? Berlin, uh, it goes against all your, 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 your beliefs. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use that again. And then you freeze to death. The cold snap gripping Europe has forced Germany, which last year decided to abandon nuclear power to restart several reactors taken offline. The Dilly Hanselblatt's uh, reports in its Thursday issue. The cold-related surge in electricity demand prompted Germany's network operators to call upon nuclear power plants that had been taken offline but left in reserve as a preventative measure. So in the wake of the devastating earthquake at Tsunami and Tsunami in Japan last March, which prompted radiations to leak at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant, Germany decided to phase out nuclear power by 2022. It's amazing how any, it's, it's again how a problem occurs and they immediately go to the opposite extremes, eh? with everything. And most folk do. This is a technique that's used in all the peoples across the world too. We, we, we tend to see something and jump to the complete opposite without thinking. I mean, most folk today, they'd freeze to the death, you know, if you just turned it off. Even if you've got oil for heating and you're using a, a furnace in your basement or wherever, um, you still need that spark to, to, to make it go off, to, to fire every so often. Eight of Germany's 17 reactors have already been switched off, and the nine reactors currently online are due to be turned off between 2015 and 2022. It's quite amazing, too, because by 2050 or so, or even before that, they want to, actually it's before that, uh, they want to have a, a zero carbon output. So if you have no electricity, and oil has gone through the roof, of course. And even if oil, oil is burned, there's still carbon off it. I guess they'll just put an extra carbon tax on the oil, uh, which, of course, is planned. And it's interesting. I've mentioned the Royal Bank of Scotland is actually owned by London. <laughs> and uh, it's great all the, the facades they have up there to mislead people. But um, I think the, the government owes them about 85% of it. And it says, uh, several British bankers have been arrested as part of an investigation into alleged tax-related criminal offences the country's Customs and Revenue Service said Sunday, including some from the Royal Bank of Scotland. As a result of an ongoing Her Majesty's uh, Revenue Collection, still owned by, the Britain still owned by the Queen, investigation into tax-related criminal offences, HMRC, 
has arrested a number of people, some whom work for UK banks, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs Department said in a statement. This investigation relates to the actions of the people arrested in relation to their own financial affairs and is not connected to the business activities of the banks, it added. In other words, it's more low-level managers, not the biggies. They're all sirs and lords and things. The rest come as Britain's top banks are under attack from politicians who are paying large salaries and bonuses while the rest of the country suffers in UK's faltering economy and for not lending enough to businesses. The department did not identify the bankers nor the companies they worked for. The Sunday Telegraph newspaper said four current and one former member of the Royal Bank of Scotland had been arrested as part of the probe. An RBS spokesman told Reuters, we cannot comment on an ongoing investigation, blah, blah, blah. So the government actually owns 83% uh, of uh, that bank. And, uh, and they were giving themselves million dollars bonuses. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Quigley himself, as I say, was a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, which is just the American, one of the, the branches, that one's an American branch for running the US, and all policies come from it basically. Uh, they're the biggest think tank and advisor to government, but and they also have a lot of members in government, plus every president's a member as well, always has been. And in Britain, it's the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the grandfather organization. But they have them all across the world now. India, all the countries have them. And they run every country the same way. They not only advise the governments, they're all through government and the bureaucracies as well, all the members. And it was set up a long, long time ago. And their idea was to bring in this new feudal system where bankers, as Rockefeller said in one of his statements, at a Bilderberg meeting, he, he said that the bank, it's better that the bankers room than intelligentsia. And it meant also the corporations and CEOs of corporations, then allowing countries to, to take their own basic direction. Uh, that's to kind of paraphrase roughly what he said. And so this is where we are today. We're managed. The whole world is managed. And it takes wars to get things done too when they're in a hurry. And... Um, uh, this particular organization in its early phases, at least in the phases it was known by then, a uh, long time ago, in the late 1800s, uh, they actually had wars. They caused the Boer War, and it was a setup where quickly through the records of the CFR, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, actually goes through it from their own records, saying that they blamed the Boers of starting it. They even got a Times reporter to go over with them to, to get it out to the British newspapers. Oh, the Boers are attacking the British settlers. It was the other way around. And um, that's how they got that, and Britain ended up owning it for a while, that whole area. And also, um, at that time too, in the late 1800s, they didn't want Germany to rise too too high because they thought they would not join this global system and, and uh, buckle under. So they wanted they were starting off the propaganda then for World War One. So they've been at it all along, and the end justifies the means. Uh, whatever excuse will do, will do, as long as you keep repeating it to the public. Uh, for wars. But tonight I'll put up uh, the Bilderberg steering column, a committee, and um, uh, the, the, the present uh, members, and they're all CEOs of corporations and banks, even the Deutsche Bank's in here, and uh, anybody who's anybody is, is in here, and it's got former members as well. You can look them up too for those who can read and don't need cartoons to watch while, while they listen. 
because most folk do. You know, Patriot Radio, unfortunately, is almost entertainment. That's what a lot of youngsters want, is entertainment. They can't just listen to to a talk on something anymore. And they're being conditioned to be that way. And I might touch on that tonight if I have time. But uh, these foundations, uh, remember that there's a good book, it's called Foundations, Their Power and Influence. It came out with the Rees Commission into the tax-free foundations that are worth trillions of dollars who run the country in policies and think tanks and everything else. And uh, uh, they were shocked to find out. So, uh, Norman Dodd, when he was sent there by the Congress, he went to the Ford Foundation and the CEO of Ford told him that back in the 50s, our job is to blend the Soviet system with that of the U.S. seamlessly so they can join together. And that's why you were getting all the so-called liberalization ideas and all the funded protests and so on that were led by what seemed to be communists. But you see, these guys use both sides. They create the communists. They always have to have two sides to get an argument finished. You can't argue with yourself. You need another side, so you create it. And... Um, this article, the next one too, is uh, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Peace was a term they used, and is still used today, uh, for blowing the hell out of other countries across the world that, that still don't have central banks and belong to the, the, the World Bank. So I'll put up the, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Massive organization in every country in the world, and it shows you a lot of their sponsors, people who fund them. And again, it's all the, the big corporations. Even your governments fund them, by the way. Why would your governments be funding private foundations uh, that have armies of non-governmental organizations that are, they get up and protest whenever they're told to, like soldiers? But anybody who is anybody that says a member of them, all the big... Um, um, they even fund other foundations. I've, I've said that for ages. You know, you, they, they fund hundreds of other foundations. For, for every problem you can imagine that they have created, they, they fund an, uh, an organization uh, to, to either speak for it or against it. Because they own both sides of everything. But you've got the ministry also, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, government, Norway, same in Sweden, and many other countries as well. So it's, 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 it's quite something to see that you're really run, not by your governments at all, all the think tanks belong to these foundations, by the way, and get funded through them. It's like a circle of money just going round and round. And uh, the public, as I say, the polls don't count, as Orwell said, and that, unfortunately, I, I think uh, the present state of things is, is, is perfectly true. Perfectly true. Another article here is on environmental institutions for the 21st century. They want an international court for the environment. And I'll put that up as well because they're really running ahead uh, now with this. And um, eventually you could get pulled off to the, the main court for you know, burning a piece of wood in your stove. And, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> and you're going to see that uh, how it all comes together. Now, talking about non-governmental organizations and foundations, here's an article here from Ottawa and Politics, and it says here, Rich American foundations are not only footing the bill for opposition to Canada's oil sands. His tax returns show the Canadian government has also been the beneficiary of millions of dollars in largesse from some of the wealthiest private organizations in the United States. And some of that money came from the same U.S. groups that help fund Canadian environmentalists. Now, for those who are, again, need cartoons, I'll go over that bit again when I go back from this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're talking about environmentalism and various other things to do with your country, your whole system, in fact, your whole culture, everything, run by foundations that, in a pyramid fashion uh, that have trillions of dollars to throw across the planet, uh, even to governments. In this particular article, is a government in Canada uh, getting money from these private foundations that I've been talking about, all these big, big groups, the ones that, that again, were to control the world accordingly quickly and do away with what we think of as democracy. Of course, the non-governmental organizations, uh, they are the new democracy, understand. And, and they go en masse and, and protest government, and demand things. They always demand that the very laws get passed, that the government have been tipped off, are supposed to pass. <laughs> That's how it really works. But here's an actual article from CBC News. Rich Amer- this is again, too, there's no, there's no, not, no moving things on this show's radio. And, um, Unfortunately, the youngsters have been deliberately trained to be visual, visually orientated, and that's the problem today. They need something to watch that moves around. Rich American foundations are not only footing the bill for opposition to Canada's oil sands. So the foundations are, again, footing the bill for opposition, that's the NGOs and so on, to Canada's oil sands. Tax returns show the Canadian government has also been the beneficiary of millions of dollars in largesse from some of the wealthiest private organizations in the United States. They're doing the same in the U.S. too, of course. And some of that money came from the same U.S. groups that help fund Canadian environmentalists and all their armies and NGOs. I'll add that a little bit there. The grants to the federal government come to light as Prime Minister Stephen Harper's Conservatives and the pro-oil sands website ethicaloil.org take Canadian environmental groups to task for accepting money from big American foundations to finance their campaigns against the oil sands. You understand that the dialectic in work here, both sides are run by the same people. And it says, um, Natural Resources Minister Joe Oliver accused environmental and other radical groups of trying to use money from foreign special interest groups. It's not foreign, it's global folks. You know. And we're part of the global structure. To hijacked hearings on a pipeline that would bring Alberta oil sands uh, bitumen to a port on the British Columbia coast. But the Canadian government seems to have no qualms accepting grant money from private U.S. foundations including some of the same organizations that gave to Canadian environmental groups to protest all sense. <laughs> For example, U.S. tax records show the California-based William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. By the way, they also are contributors to the Carnegie Foundation as they pass money around between them. It's just astonishing. You know, that's who runs the world now, foundations. So it says, and, and the, the Flora Hewlett Foundation gave $750,000 to the David Suzuki Foundation. He, this guy wants us to go back to live in caves, the ones that are worthy to, to stay alive. He's a, a profe- uh, he's a geneticist. And I put a link up before I might do it again. He's leading the environmental charge. He's, he's the officially appointed one by, by the big foundations that appoint them and make them stars. You see on television. But he's a guy, and uh, who was, when he was a young professor, said, people are just maggots. But there's better classes of maggots than others. And I guess he's in the higher order of maggots. I'll put that link up tonight if I can find it so you can see the, the, how you make a star of a, a person who, who claims we're all maggots. So anyway, Davis is given a whopping $40 million to the International Development Research Center, which is a federally crown, owned crown corporation. 
a Canadian government or corporation. Tax figures show that the Hewlett Foundation gave the International Development Research Centre $40 million in 2007. These poor little charitable foundations, eh? For general support of the think tanks program. Think tanks, eh? And that's how they, you know, teach us to be, behave in different, alter our behavior, nudges and things like that. And another $275,000 in 2008 for general support of the African Research and E-Bandwidth Consortium, whatever that is. The Hewlett Foundation has also given $1.3 million to the Pembina Foundation for Environmental Research and Education and $400,000 to the Canadian Parks and Wilderness Society I suppose you can take over more land. And they've got so many parks now that you can't get on in Canada and the States and elsewhere across the world. And $275,000 to Ecojustice Canada. Private foundations. Now, you won't find uh, what you would think of as a, a lefty in, in any of these big foundations. They push all, all the, the, the lefty agendas because they create the lefty agendas, which is no private property and, and, and no many other things as well. A spokesman pointed out that the International Development Research Centre is a funding organisation that supports researchers in the developing world. Our goal is to bring choice and change to the people who need it most, Isabel Bougeot-Tass wrote in an email. This means that funding received from donors such as William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Department for International Development, amongst others, are not intended for IDRC, but rather for projects that are administered and run by the IDRC. <laughs> I love the double speak. Not intended for the IDRC, but for the projects that are administered and run by the IDRC. In other words, influencing uh, organizations that are set up and funded by government, influencing them and giving them massive donations. Not payoffs. No, no, no. With the exception of administrative costs, that's grant administration, human resources, etc., the, the direct project costs, that salaries attribu- attributable to the specific project program, the funding received by donors is intended for researchers and innovators in the developing world to make sure we're all standardized across the world. I added the last piece because that's the truth of it. The Illinois-based John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation gave $695,000 to the World Wildlife Fund Canada and $300,000 to the Department of Foreign Affairs and International Trade. So this I'm giving it to the opposition and then to the government department. The purpose of the grant to foreign affairs was to support regional meetings in Africa on the responsibility to protect, the foundation said in its 2003 tax filing. The department did not immediately respond to questions. It says, an analysis by the Canadian press of thousands of pages of U.S. tax filings found American groups have showered millions of dollars on federal departments, agencies, and crown corporations in Canada. But we should really be just voting for the corporations now, shouldn't we? I mean, we really are, in a sense, and the armies of foundations. eh? Details of the grants are contained in annual filings to the U.S. Internal Revenue Service for tax-exempt and non-profit organizations called Form 990. A spokesman for the Prime Minister's office was asked if there is a difference between environmental groups and federal government when it comes to accepting money from private U.S. foundations. The government encourages charitable donations and philanthropy. Now, I don't know if you understand that Weishaupt, I mean, Mr. Weishaupt, who was the the, um, the so-called founder of the Bavarian Illuminati, they had Illuminati before that, the Alambratos of Spain uh, and so on, etc., long before that. So it's something that pops down through. In fact, you, anybody who was educated in those days was a member of the Illuminati. That's why you have, you have your uh, alumni. Same thing. Yeah. 
wrote Andrew. Anyway, what I'm saying is, he was the first guy to say, we shall use philanthropy to take over the governments of the world. <laughs> the charitable foundations, eh? You think it's a recent thing that's happening because of current global events. That's what they tell you. Anyway, so the government encourages charitable donations and philanthropy. wrote Andrew McDougall, the, P- the Prime Minister of his Associate Director of Communications, in an email response. But the government believes that regulatory decisions dealing with responsible development of Canada's natural resources should be up to Canadians. Now, has any Canadian been asked about it, I wonder? I don't think so. After all, development of these resources generates tax revenue that funds critical services that Canadians rely on, like health care and education. Well, if the government's getting all this extra cash, why are they taxing us? Anyway, it says that's why decisions regarding these projects should be made by Canadians and should be based on Canada's interests. I love the little should things. We never get them fulfilled, but we have all these dream projects like shoulds. <laughs> Some grants came from U.S. foundations that did not give money to environmentalists. Documents show the Carnegie Corporation of New York gave $36,000 to the Canadian Polar Commission in 2003 to help fund an international conference on Arctic and circumpolar issues and other global warming they're talking about there, you see, and laws to do with global warming. The Nuclear Threat Initiative gave $92,000 to Health Canada in 2003 for translation software, wow, for a global public health network. So they want a global public health network, which we'll all pay for, but they get started off with $92,000 to Health Canada to do all the darn work <laughs> through the translation software. The Jai Paul Getty Trust gave $24,000 to, to Library and Archives Canada in 2004 for treatment and research, so they get access to the archives. The Alcoa Foundation gave $200,000 to the Musée de la Civilisation Quebec City in 2010 for a programme to offer educational kits, that's what they call toolkits to brainwash the children, in Quebec primary schools and an aqua exhibition, bicycle rack stations and outdoor urban design furniture projects. Alcoa also gave the museums $15,000 in 2009 for a cultural history programme for school children, that's PC updated history that's completely different from old history, and $100,000 in 2006 for unspecified reasons. Jeremy caught them under the table <laughs> to the right people. So, as quickly said, back in the 60s, uh, foundations uh, run all the think tanks. For, uh, they advise every country. Uh, they, they, are, they, they run the CFR. The CFR is really the boss, sort of near the capstone of this whole thing. And it's a global agenda because these foundations are funding every country in the world the same way every country, to make sure they're shaping the future in the way that they want it designed to go. And it will go that way. So, just a little a little bit about foundations for you there. And also, again, too, going to the Carnegie one, you'll see the same foundation that's funding Canada there and there too, that also contribute cash to the Carnegie Foundation. They all pass money around between each other. It's just amazing. And there's no laws to stop them doing anything. They don't have to pay any taxes at all. In fact, see, the big, big international money boys, they started up the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations. They're not little bankers. These are guys who lend to nations, you understand. Uh, said it's the same thing, that they would uh, set up all these corporations rather than pay taxes to countries. They'll put, put them under charitable foundations, which actually are massive think tanks that work on every aspect of society to guide society into their global society, which they will run. And it's all been done. All been done. Now, 
health is, is an amazing thing because uh, hardly anybody's got it these days, you know. But we, we often read about it in old books that people were healthy. And, but today we're so poisoned and everything else by the food deliberately, of course, uh, and by the GM stuff and all the rest of it uh, that's, that's, that's been soaked in, in, into the veggies, etc. Now, hardly anybody's got an immune system. In fact, people leaving medical school today are taught that we've got a far lower resistance to anything than, than uh, people, say, 40, 50 years ago. They never tell you why, because they're not taught why. And it's strange that when you're going through university, most folk don't ask questions anymore. I mean, you think, I'm going to be determined to find out why. I mean, things don't suddenly happen unless there's a, a, a cause for it, you see. But they're not supposed to. And if you, if you play the game and get your, your degree, you, you just uh, go along with it, you see. And that's what they do. That's why licensing is awfully important for controlling people. Just pull your license if you don't. But everybody gets in on the act of helping you, you see. And, of course, big pharmacology is, again, these big pharma companies, pharma is a big, big part of this whole New World Order. Every person who's written about it from Huxley, both Julian Huxley and Aldo Huxley, uh, have talked about this, uh, have pharma become a big part of the future. And, of course, uh, Aldous Huxley talked about it in his book, too, uh, the Soma drug, keep everybody happy and stupid and obedient. And uh, his brother Julian talked about it when he was UN at the United Nations, the UNESCO CEO, that they'd destroy the, the family unit. They would, just, they would get people off the, the rural areas. He mentioned it. I put the article up before his whole speech, in fact, read it from his book. It's in the archive section at cutting3mates.com. And Julian Huxley was all for massive abortions and depopulation and everything else as he went out there to inject all the children across the world under UNESCO. Eh? <laughs> but anyway, I'll leave you to put two and two together. But um, he was quite blatant about the society they'd bring in, a very obedient society. He was a, a eugenicist as well. And he got the, the prizes uh, from all the, the, the big abortion facilities, you know, the, the, the big organizations called Family Planning, which is abortion and sterilization. You get all the big top awards for that. And the Huxleys, of course, are related to the Darwins as well. And you find they're all related at the top. The ones who attend world meetings, then they go out and write little books like Brave New World. And you wonder if they're actually laughing at you when they're doing it, or just giving you predictive programming. Because Brave New World is here. It's actually here. Take everything in the book, and it's here. Except the exogenesis. And of course I've mentioned that eventually you'll get born outside the womb in that big article I read last week or the week before about it too. There's big foundations again pushing for that. It's not fair that women should get pregnant, they said. No kidding. It's not fair. It's not really fair either, I would say, that yeah, that lovely little deer that gets eaten by the wolves in the winter. Yeah. Nothing's fair in nature, so they're going to remake it all, you see. Perfect that that was left imperfect. Is all the same. They come in down to treating all the things that they give you, you see, to kill you. And it says, um, were some cancer patients at Duke University given experimental treatments based on fabricated data? This is chemotherapy can be a tough road for people with cancer, often debilitating and even dangerous, which is why five years ago when Duke University announced it had an advanced experimental treatment that would match chemotherapy to a patient's own genetic makeup. Man, that was all the news. Oh, we can take your genes, you see, and tailor-make this, this chemotherapy uh, just for you. It was hailed as a holy grail of cancer cure. The scientist behind the discovery was Dr. Anil Potti, 
That's a strange name. And soon Dr. Potter became the face of the future of cancer treatment at Duke, or face that was, offering patients a better chance even with advanced disease. However, when other scientists set out to verify the results, they found many problems and errors. Uh, since what our 60 Minutes program investigation reveals is that the Duke's so-called breakthrough treatment wasn't just a failure. It may end up being one of the biggest medical research frauds ever. You know, we, we read these articles, and of course the media run with it when they first get them and say, oh my God, this is science. Science, these guys in white, white coats there, right, on television. It must be great, it must be true. And they're getting masses of grants, you see. And they came up with a theory and say it might work, and the money's just thrown at them by government and everybody else. And there's been so many frauds being exposed recently, it's just not funny at all. But these are sharks, you understand. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But the other side of it too, you've got to understand that some top global meetings many years ago talked about bringing down the population. And one of them actually said, well, cancer is as good a way as any of bringing down the population. Very easy to induce cancer, either chemically or through radiation. Very easy. And think about these people who are being radiated all the time at the airports in the U.S. and elsewhere. Now Australia. Sterilization on the one hand will, will, will occur. And mutations on the other. Yeah. So one way or another it brings down the population and stops saying you having from any children down the road too. So chemicals too can also cause, uh, cause cancers as well. Any long-term irritation will cause it. And they know this at the top. And you can't eat uh, vegetables soaked, soaked with pesticides. That's uh, highly toxic stuff. You can't do that with, and, and get away with it forever can't do it. It's getting sucked up through the soil into the plant itself. It's through every cell in the plants. Your GM, Monsanto, salt, rubbish. By the way, I've got an article tonight, Monsanto was, find, was actually found guilty in France for their chemicals actually damaging people severely. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. I'll put this link up for the French court declaring that the US biotech giant Monsanto is guilty of chemical poisoning of a French farmer. It's the first time they managed to nail them on in their pesticides. Massive neurological damage to the guy, to your brain and the whole bit. So anyway, I'll go to the callers now and there's Daniel from the UK on the line. You there, Daniel? Yeah, hello, Alan. Hello. Yeah. Um, just quickly, one thing. Remember you were mentioning the other day about the... Um and switching the street lights off. I can't remember where you said it was, but they were switching street lights off, and you said it was the start of a curfew. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Percy Britain are doing it. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but funnily enough, I was in, I was working in a town called Malden in Essex here in the UK on Saturday, and exactly that happened. Um, and I, I, it was horrible because uh, it's like you know, it's almost like. Um, Tucking the children into bed, you know, switch the lights off and say good night. Yeah. It was at 12 o'clock on the dot. All the lights in this residential area went off at the same time. Yeah. And um, I asked once someone, a bloke walking out, I said, excuse me, mate, I'm sorry, but could you just tell me, um, is it normal that all the street lights go off? And he said, oh, yeah, they've been going off that for two years. Mm-hmm. So for two years they've been doing that, and he said, yeah, it's to save money. And I thought, well, it obviously isn't, because we know they don't care about saving money, plus, 
it really was very eerie because, and you can see how women aren't going to want to walk around, um, you know, pitch black, especially. Yeah. Um, you know, as people walking towards you, you couldn't see them till they were 10 feet away. Yes. And not only that, the, the cops too get on the act because they're going to start, they're going to stop anybody out after that time, saying, what are you, what are you doing? Hardly anybody's out, so why are you out? <laughs> no, absolutely. It'll be, anybody, you're suspicious because you're in the dark, and I can see that. It's very disturbing. But my main question to you, Alan, is, and if you haven't got time to answer it now, I understand. But what, what, if we compare this new world order hierarchy right to the top that controls the planet, we compare it to the mafia. There must be some other mechanism in place to ensure loyalty other than um, just rewards and threats. Is it devotion or something like this? Because if you look at the mafia, many times there's like John Gotti, you know, he killed his boss, Castellano. So yeah. rewards and threats weren't enough to, yeah. to ensure his loyalty. What you've got, what you've got is a, number one, it's a recruitment drive as well for CEOs, basically. You're, you're a bit, a little by little, it's like a degreed system. You're, you're allowed into more perks until you get to a state, a stage where you're actually above most laws of most countries. So you're knighted or something like that eventually. And, um, and also you get into the higher you go, the more perks there are. So you're, there's definitely um, a personal benefit angle to it. It isn't just, just joining a club type thing. You must work towards it as well and show that you're a loyal person. And whatever you're told to do, you will do. Even if you're a prime minister or a president, you will do. Um, and, of course, it means going to war. Yeah, whatever. So is there any other yeah, mechanism whatever. that ensures this? must be very tempting. We're not talking about just a group. We're talking about control of the planet. It must be yeah. very tempting because they're all psychopaths. Or yes, but, there's, but you know, there's, they actually have security agencies. Security agencies. Do they use anonymity to, um, as their ultimate safeguard? Uh, ultimately, you can have anonymity, but you get a lot more perks than that. I mean, you, you get access to, to higher medicines that the public will never get because they don't want your population being healthy or increasing. They want to depopulate the rest. So they, they have uh, medicines been stagnant for a long time on the bottom level. But it's been going ahead at the top level, so they get longevity and certain perks like that for themselves. Uh, so there's many incentives to go up there, but there's also security forces watching every person in it to make sure they don't try and bump off the, the guy above them. Yeah. But uh, thanks for calling. And from Mark from Wisconsin and Nick from South Carolina, maybe you can call tomorrow. Sorry I couldn't get to you. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>